G'day and welcome to another edition of Run, Walk, Crawl. I'm Ashley Drew, your host. Today we are talking to Lauren Shea, who has just recently taken on the 220-mile Delirious West Trail Run. Ultra Trail Run, especially being that long. Anyway, Lauren spent uh, a good 91 hours and 16 seconds out on the course. and We chatted both before and after the event. And uh, there's a little snapshot thrown in at the front there where uh, Lauren was having a little bit of trouble, well, just figuring out where the world was or is. So let's get into it. Let's listen to uh, my chat with Lauren Shea. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's me on the Bibbleman track um, for Delirious West. I've been out here for like... Um, 76 and a half hours, which is a really long time to be outside doing stuff, I tell you. But anyway, I have a public service announcement. I've got something to tell you because I'm sure you don't know it. Did you know that tiny green frogs grow on trees? They do. I saw them about 25 kilometers ago. And also the ground is covered with faces looking up at me all the time. Crazy. Alright, um, if someone could please express post me a cider, it might get here by the time I finish this event. That would be awesome. Bye! We should probably get into uh, chatting. I'm chatting with Lauren Shea uh, on Runwalk Crawl, and Lauren is about to undergo four days of fun. Uh, in Delirious West. What Four made me- you sign up for that? <laughs> um, what made me sign up? Well, um, I was kind of following it last year and I thought it sounded insane. <laughs> and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, mm, um, maybe I could give it a go. And, um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Excellent. That's it, yeah. Excellent attitude. I like it. So, uh, <laughs> Last year, when they were um, like chatting online about it, I was following it online as well. And yep. um, was it? It was last year, I think. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I uh, was uh, actually on the course at the time. Oh, were you? And, yeah, and I've I've run sections of the course. Um, and once you know, I'd heard more about the course, I then specifically went and checked each part of the course out. So, uh, yeah, so I've been from one end to the other and run run bits and pieces, and it is spectacular um, yeah. as far yeah. as the scenery goes. I don't know how much you'll remember after the first 50 or 100K. Um, yeah, it becomes a bit of a blur after that, doesn't it? <laughs> it? I imagine it will be. I don't know whether it will or not for you. So that'll be interesting to hear about after the race which uh, mm. this is a two-parter, so we're doing a bit before and a bit after. Um, have you been uh, – how was the flight first? Because you've flown, what, six hours today? Yeah, I had to fly to Sydney and then get a connecting flight um, in Sydney to Perth. So my first flight was late, um, a half an hour, and I had like a f- 45 minutes in between both flights. <laughs> so it was Pressing on the plane, but I got there in just in time and then found out the other plane was also delayed. So it all worked out. 
But yeah, excellent. And that was pretty uneventful, though, which is what you want when it comes to flying. Yes, yeah, you do want uneventful flights. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> As my my brother is a pilot, and uh, he says that landings are a controlled crash. And it's like, yep. yeah, I don't want to hear that, really. I feel that like way about uh, running. <laughs> oh, too true. So, have you been to um, WA before? Um, yeah, I have a, a few years ago. I spent a few days in Perth um, and also went to Rottnest Island. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, WA takes up pretty much half the country. <laughs> There's a lot of it I haven't seen. Um, so, I'm really looking forward to going on the Bibbulmun track and um, yeah, seeing it on foot. Yeah. Excellent. And so what's the pathway now? From I assume you're in Perth. Um, what's yep. the pathway tomorrow? Um, so heading to Northcliffe tomorrow for the, the check-in and the briefing. Um, lovely um, lady called Lucia picked me up from the airport. She and her partner Peter are volunteering at the event. So I'm actually staying with them tonight. Met them for the first time today. <laughs> um, Excellent. It's been great. And, yeah, they're driving me down tomorrow morning and yeah race starts on wednesday morning at seven excellent that'll be awesome and apparently uh dean um put a post up saying that make sure you turn the correct way 30 meters into the start because uh, it would appear that he took the wrong direction last year even though he won it so yes runners went the wrong way like right at the start and i think they added on like seven k's or something <laughs> onto <Yeah>. the total <laughs> that's that's a big add-on it sure. is at the start yeah but oh well what's an extra seven k's when you've done or when you're about to do 350 <laughs> that's exactly right so <laughs> in uh <laughs> it's only at the end of the day what's that only that's maybe two percent yeah. Uh, without without sitting down and doing the maths, it's not a lot. So, no. Uh, I hope I don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you definitely wouldn't want to take a, a wrong turn. No. Um, it is a very well marked trail. Yeah. So um, yeah, I but I can imagine that in a delirious state after uh, a few kilometres, you definitely could miss those little markers because they're not big they're smaller than your hand but yeah yes. yes i'm a bit worried about that i'm a bit directionally challenged at the best of time um especially when tired but um i see that they've been out um putting lots of pink um ribbons around the course this time too so that will that will help but um yeah excellent so they've extra marked it this time yeah it looks like over it. last time yeah and I've got my maps loaded onto my phone and, yeah, should be – I hope they won't get lost in the bush and end up, I don't know, in South Australia or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to make it to South Australia from there. Man, it takes forever to drive across the Nullarbor. That's a trip that I've done a few times. And I've got to say that it's beautiful, but it's in, I'm in no rush to drive that again. Um, it just, it just seems to go on forever. Yeah. Yeah, not something no. I've done. Not on my bucket list at this not point in time. List. No, not really. <laughs> it's it's honestly one of those things where I've wondered why they haven't done 
like the the longest straight why they haven't turned that into an ultra yet and my only thought is because it's just so remote that um, you wouldn't get anyone turn up yeah i guess so in just a little test of mental strength and but yeah it doesn't sound like fun to me i don't think i'll be signing up for that one (laughs) (laughs) sounds fair sounds fair so um Studying the course, I know you've had the maps out, etc. What bits are you looking forward to the most, or and or looking forward to the least? Well, I've had the maps out. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I haven't really been studying them diligently, but um, uh, I don't. I'm not sure if I have a particular part I'm looking forward to the most. Um, just all of it because it's all completely new to me. It will be nice to be on the the beach. Um, do a bit of the the beach running, even though you know sand offers that extra challenge but um even on the just the track itself when it's not on the beach seems quite sandy anyway um i'm looking forward to our little kayak we get to um kayak across the water (laughs) which will give my legs a break so that'll be interesting um yeah i don't know just all of it really yeah and also the aid stations and the sleep stations i've never done an event where there's sleep stations so i'm kind of keen to see what what that setup is like um yeah <laughs> well i think the first sleep station's at walpool is that correct yeah about 140k in i think it is yeah then uh, yep. that if if you arrive there during the day um that is an amazing place it is just spectacular it yeah. really is well, it will probably so. – yeah, it will be night time. <laughs> By the time I get there, it will be well and truly night time or very yeah. early. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, maybe very early the next morning. Yeah, yep. Because what are we, 7, 12? Well, yeah, it will definitely be early yeah, the next – Yeah, 17 or 18 hours in. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, it might be to get light. <laughs> might be lucky. <laughs> yeah, you might be lucky. You never know. You never know. Just take my time See. a bit and make – happens <laughs> well that's exactly right it's um 200 miles so this will be the longest distance you've ever covered correct yes that's right so it's actually about 220 i think yeah but yes definitely the longest that's for sure definitely by a long longest shot. <laughs> by, yeah. by a long shot so is it is it double your previous longest? yeah more than double because the my previous longest um is 167 kilometers so yeah this is um yeah twice that (laughs) excellent and i've got to ask a question what does your daughter think of your running i don't know if she really thinks about it much it's just something mum does i guess it's just normal just normal and quite average (laughs) to her i think (laughs) um yeah, I mean, she. we have done some runs together, like kids runs, and sometimes she gets a kick out of that. Sometimes I think she'd rather be anywhere else in the world. But, um, yeah, I think it's just something mum does, and so it's not that interesting to her at this point in time and probably will always be that way to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do. You, I, I, you I, I always wonder what – yeah, I wonder what the kids think yeah. at times. So, um my daughter's just started coming with me to park run um, yep. on occasion. So, 
that's been interesting. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they just think that I'm just the crazy. That's just what I do in the morning. Yeah. Or in the yeah. afternoon, or at lunchtime, just depending yeah. on the day. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's good. I think that's good in a way too that they don't see it as something different. They do see it as something normal, just what mum or, or dad does. It just, I think, well, I hope, just reinforces to them that uh, you know being active um, is a normal, natural part of of life and and being an adult. Um, yeah, especially because I think a lot of people aren't quite as active in their adulthood as they maybe should be. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, in Australia, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know whether we rank as the most obese country in the world now or we're still second. Yeah. Um, but we're certainly up there in um, lifestyle. It doesn't help us. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a question and it's disappeared. <laughs> So what do you what do you think you're going to do at the finish? What do I think I'll do? Yeah. I hope the pub's open because I'll go and get a cider. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like I'm... to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably finish and just um, I really don't know. I could be exhausted and just collapse, or just kind of be on a bit of a high and yeah. I th- don't really know. It's all so unknown. Not sure how my body and mind will react but I know it will be wonderful to finish I hope I finish <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah well I'm I'm definitely confident that you'll finish you've um, well and truly been putting in the training for this event um, that's yeah. for sure and I mean you've been running I mean just running during the day in the current conditions in southeast Queensland if that's not conditioning for any event in the world, I don't know what is. Maybe except for racing in Antarctica. But, yeah, um, not, not climate stuff. But even so, I've I've have to say I've been quite I've been struggling a bit in this humidity lately. It it hasn't always been easy. It's really never easy, and it's not fun. <laughs> I did 10k's on Sunday just around where I live in Boona, and it was just it's like like being in a sauna. Just felt like you were swimming through it, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I guess having an event like this or any kind of event at this time of year kind of forces you to get up and and keep keep running and and keep training. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, so uh, the second sleep station, where's how far along is that after Walpool? Um, I think the second one is at Peaceful Bay. And that's uh, at the 204k mark. Right, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, um, so a bit And then, is there a third one or is that it? Yeah. No, there are four. So there's there four. Um, another one at Denmark River and that yep. one's uh, at about 267k. And there's another one, uh, it's called Cozy Corner. And that one is at the 317-kilometre mark. Yeah. So it's not far from the finish then, in theory. No, not not really, but I'm sure I'll be moving pretty slow. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, no, I, I, I imagine that's why they've put that there. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's lots of checkpoints, um, like 22 or possibly more, something like that. Um, I'm not having drop bags at all of them, but at all the sleep stations I am and a, a couple of other ones in between because I don't yeah, have a crew. And, yeah. and what do you have? So you're, you're running screwed um, instead yep. of crude. Yeah, um, pretty much, as always. What have, what have you got in your drop bags? Um, I've just got some snacks, all of them. Um, I've got some salt tablets and in my um, sleep station bags, which are a little bit bigger, I've got changes of clothes and socks, um, batteries. We need a whole bunch of batteries for our headlamps and the GPS tracker. Um, I've got some trail broom. Um, but that's about it, really. I've got a change of shoes. Um, at, if I need them at one point. Um, yeah, just some spare clothes, some pawpaw ointment, um, which I use instead of, well, that's my anti-chafing <laughs> cream. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Lots of snacks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think you'd be able to eat enough calories. Yeah. Over that, over that sort of distance, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be really important to try and, and keep them up. Yeah, because it gets to a point you just don't really want to eat, but you still got to get something down, otherwise you'll, you'll bonk. So, yeah. Awesome. So my, pack, my pack is very heavy. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a challenge carrying that, but, yeah, all important and stuff. How, do you know how heavy your pack is? No, I don't think I want to know. No, I haven't put it on the scales yet. No, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. And what size pack are you carrying? Um, it's got capacity for 17 litres, this one, volume, but it's a – do you want me to say the, the brand or anything? Oh, you're welcome to, yeah. Yeah, it's um, Ultimate Direction Adventure Vesta, so it's one of their new ones. And, um, yeah, lots of pockets and storage space. Um, yeah, it's crammed at the moment, and I haven't even put water in there yet. <laughs> and – how often can you get water on this run? Well, at all the checkpoints, and they're fairly regular. So I think the first one is um, at the 23K mark or something like that. So I think that's the, the biggest distance between um, checkpoints. It's usually yep. around 15 or so Ks on average, I would say. Um, so that's pretty good. Okay. And how much water are you going to carry? Um, we have to carry one and a half litres. So I'll probably have um, – well, I'll at least have that, but probably two litres because I um, tend to drink a lot of water. Um, yeah, I'm not one of those people who can just <laughs> not drink water um, on a run. Um, so, yeah, probably about two litres, which is a lot more weight to add to my pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. Um, yeah, water's one of those things that quickly adds up. Um, yeah, but and important. Are you, are you running bladder and bottles or are you just running bottles? Um, just bottles. This time I usually do that on um, during my ultras because I can have two at the front and then two at the back and I can swap them around. I find having a bladder, especially when you've got heaps of stuff in your pack, really fiddly to get out, fill up, and then try and squeeze back in. Usually have to end up um, 
getting all the stuff out of your pack, then putting the bladder in, then putting all your stuff back in, and it's just, yeah, kind of annoying. So bottles, I think, work better. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've found the same thing. Um, mm. It gets painful um, if you're trying to refill a bladder. That's yes. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Well, uh, just anything that scares you about this particular run? Um, all of it. <laughs> all of it? Yeah. So what's long. The biggest, what's the biggest thing? Is it the length or is it the unknown? Um, well, the unknown, I suppose. I don't know what my body and brain will do. Um, just trying to take it, as always, as checkpoint to checkpoint. If I, if, if I think about that overall distance, it's overwhelming. But, I mean, that does get to a point, even if you do take a checkpoint to checkpoint, you just get very tired. You, you know, thinking ability is not at its best. Um, and just, and yeah, being alone at night, um, which I probably will be, um, doesn't thrill me. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to as well. So I'm trying not to let those fears get the better of me at the moment. Um, yeah. No, well, in 24 hours, they'll all be gone and you'll just be dealing with moment to moment. So it's That's one of right. those funny things with, with races in that uh, you can come up with all sorts of things in your head, but once you start, all those things disappear because all you're worried about is your square metre, basically. That's right. I think the, the couple of days leading up to it are the worst, and then when you get started, it's like a weight off your shoulders almost. <laughs> yeah. And um, I believe you haven't enjoyed the taper process. <laughs> no. No, I don't enjoy taper. I guess probably most people don't, but I, I seem to really not. <laughs> and um, I did try and taper, although I still ended up <laughs> running just under 100 k's last week. <laughs> um, my, I, my legs, yeah, just really sluggish but I think it's also to do with the heat and I've been under the pump quite a bit with my work which doesn't help um but yeah tapering not my favorite thing to do <laughs> so I usually don't <laughs> yeah I it, I don't enjoy it at all I no. Really um, no I, and I don't know anyone who does I've, I've never yeah. spoken to anyone who enjoys tapering yeah. So it just really messes with your body and your head. And your head. So. Yeah. Because it's a, like running is a bit of a relief too, I suppose. And um, yeah, if you can't do it as much and you have a, like a big event coming up that you're a bit worried about, it just, yeah, it plays with your mind. And, yeah. yeah, it's, it's the whole too much spare time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. All yeah, right. Is there any... it's challenging because, um, yeah, it's like having to rest after the event because I will just need to. I'm not sure how that will play out if I'll, yeah, but we'll see what happens. Well, that's, it's, it's an unknown. So I, yeah. guess after this, I guess after this one you'll start to become an expert and have a bit of an idea. But um, at this point in time, it's a bit of an un- unknown. Have you got any uh, last-minute advice for yourself 
that um, <laughs> you'd like to tell us now and put it down on uh, <laughs> recording as such. So I was that um, you've got that as uh, documented for our post race <laughs> no, interview. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I <laughs> I would like to tell my future self <laughs> just to be happy and content with with what I've have done and, and whatever whatever the outcome is. I just don't want to be disappointed or have any negative feelings. I want to finish feeling happy or you know whatever point I get up to, just happy knowing I did all that I could do at that point in time. Yeah. And just to enjoy well, the process. Enjoy it. <laughs> That's the main thing. I, I have and. one piece of advice, given what you've just said, and that is whatever you do, don't pull out without having a sleep. Oh, no, I'm going to be sleeping. I'm going to try to, yeah. Whether my yeah. brain switches off so I can is another thing, but, no, I'll be making use of those sleep stations. That's for sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, a, a couple of minutes of sleep after doing longer stuff now, it, um, it, it it's just amazing. Yeah. Yep. Blows blows my mind what a, just a few minutes does for you. Yeah. So. Very important. Yeah, it really is. It completely resets mm-hmm. the body. Yeah. Um, so. I guess uh, we'll leave it here for this part of the interview, and I look forward to doing the the next part post race. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we'll probably wait till back in Brisbane. Uh, I do have a request: if you've got your phone on you and you're having a moment and you feel yeah. like recording it, so that we could chuck it on the podcast, that would be absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, <laughs> both the good and the bad, because um, yeah. then it's real. And um, the other thing is I just want to wish you all the very best. You've done oh, everything you. you can. I've, I've certainly been following your progress and, and what you've been doing <laughs> running-wise, and you've laid everything out, and now it's just a matter of putting it all together. So I'm sure yep. that all the listeners who haven't heard this yet, but even afterwards, will be cheering you on at this stage. So oh, well, thank I you. certainly am. A pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate, appreciate all your support. Um, yeah, it means a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> and, Excellent. yeah, looking forward to chatting to you again afterwards. <laughs> yeah, so am I. So am I. I really am. I, um, it's, it's quite the adventure you're taking on, that's for sure. Yes. So. <laughs> now, out, of, out of curiosity, you haven't signed up for a Rational South, have you? No, that's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, just checking. Just yeah. checking. Have Have you? <laughs> no, no, not no, no. I um, I can only imagine the chat I would have to have with an oncologist to say that I want to go out and run two hundred miles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Especially in remote area, I think yeah. um, that could be an interesting conversation. So, yeah. They might- yes. Yeah. They, they really might w- walk me off to another ward. <laughs> <laughs> One with padded rooms. So, yes. All right. Well, you have a good night's rest and um, we'll catch up with you uh, post-race.
surprised. The, the, the fact is, when you go and do something that big, your brain does go out to lunch. So, uh, yeah. Your, your audio has just completely gone dead. Well, that's better. What'd you do then? I don't know. Okay, I'm not cool. sure. But yeah, no, it's next level fatigue. Um, crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, how long were you out there for? <laughs> 90, 90 hours and 16 seconds or something? I think it was 91 hours. I don't know, to be actually. <laughs> 91 hours and 16 seconds? It was a, it was a while. It was sure. a while. Yep. I'm not sure if even the – I just kind of don't even care. I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. That's for sure. Yeah. So did, did it um, – whatever you were hunting for, did it provide that? Um, I think so, yes. It's just been such a blur since I finished um, – kind of processing it but um I wanted to know if I could do it and um I mean it took a long time but I, I found that I could do it so when um if I did it again <laughs> I would do some things differently that's for sure yeah. so I, well that's a that's a good place to start what would you do differently um I would have worn different shoes <laughs> from the start right okay <laughs> I wore the shoes I wore were too minimalist for that terrain I just yeah it was quite technical terrain um and my feet just swelled right up in those shoes and blistered and yeah I'd probably try and sleep more take it a bit easier at the start um have a crew (laughs) yeah yeah definitely that's a long way to go without a crew I mean to be screwed for 91 hours um yeah like that's a long yeah. time. Most, I was in the, definitely in the minority. Most people had a crew. And, yeah. I mean, I, I did it without one. You, you can do it without one, but it would just be – it would make it so much easier if you had one. Just even – just for that extra moral support, even though the volunteers were just fabulous in terms of that, but just to have someone you know, just to look forward to seeing even. Not, yeah. Not even at every checkpoint, just, um, you know, the, the big ones. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely having someone that you know is going to be there. Um, yeah. I, I can see that that would be very handy. That's yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Because over help- 91 hours, mentally, that's really going to – like the physical's taken out of it really to some extent and it's completely mental – it really and that, is. And yeah. So much time is taken up with not running or walking, just doing everything you can to make sure you can get through um, to the following checkpoint. Just just so much self-care. It's just way beyond what a miler requires. Um, yeah. And, and problem solving and fixing things and just eating, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So with that, how much, like a, compared with a miler, so it's it's double a miler and a bit, um, yeah. and let's just call it a bit once you've gone that far. 
So yeah. <laughs> uh, how much self-care did you actually have to perform? Like what, what, what was involved in the self-care that was required once you, by comparison, because which milers have you done now? You've done BVRT. I've done, done BVRT twice and then Parawera um, Myla as well. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So definitely, like BVRT would be fairly low requirements for maintenance stuff, I would have thought. What was Tarawera yeah. like? Well, Tarawera, I was out there for a bit longer, so that required um, a bit more self-care, I suppose. But this one was just... Um, Yes, just so much. Just from like being really on top of like you know your anti-chafing stuff, being really on on top of that, um, constantly yep. reapplying where needed, um, and um, like just little things like sunscreen as well. Making sure you've got enough food and enough food in your pack for when you leave the checkpoint. A couple of times I I thought I had more than I did in my pack, and I ended up running out of food on quite um, long. Um, draining sections. Um, and so did you bonk because of that? Or did you just slow uh, down to compensate? Just slow down. I don't think I ever bonked as such, but I became extremely fatigued. Um, yeah, it wasn't like a, a, a bonk as such, extreme tiredness. And, um, and fixing things. I had so many things break on me. A lot of it, a lot of time was taken up with... Um, Fixing things, rearranging things, yeah. <laughs> so what did yeah. you have to fix and, and rearrange? Did, like, did, did uh, it get to the point where it was actually, like, dangerous or what you would consider dangerous? Not dan- dangerous, just super uncomfortable. My pack broke about the 140k mark on one side, so the side came off the back of the pack and I had to use a buff to tie it all together and it kept bouncing around a bit and it stayed together but it was just super annoying and then about I think later that night or early the next morning the other side broke I <laughs> did the same thing um the the locking bite valves on my bottles all broke except for one so that meant that I could still put water in the bottles and they wouldn't all you know they wouldn't leak however I couldn't drink out of the pot so what I would do was your audio is just going again. Oh, sorry. That's it. Um, yeah. yeah. So all the bite, the locking bite valves broke on my bottles. Um, yeah. So I'd have to swap them around. So once I drained the water from the bottle with the good top, I'd get another bottle that was full of water, and I'd have to swap the tops over. So I had to do that every time I drank a oh, bottle. Oh, so you of couldn't water. open the valve. It wasn't that it was leaking. It was that you couldn't they open them drink from them yeah so every time I drank a bottle I'd have to swap the lid which over four and three and a half nights takes up a lot of time (laughs) yeah absolutely plus it takes a lot of dexterity to do that and when you're tired that dexterity all disappears yeah people wouldn't realize just what once you become fatigued you cannot do fine motor skill stuff anymore Right, it's quite challenging. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my little sand gaiters broke at the start. Um, so I had snake gaiters, which I planned on wearing mainly at night time or in the super snaky parts. Yeah. But my sand 
gaiters broke. I, I wore my snake gaiters the whole of day one and they did a fabulous job of keeping the sand out, so I thought, until I had to tend to some blisters that night and saw that the sand had gone inside and caused a gnarly sand rash up and down my leg and um, also had trapped all the sweat, so my skin was all pale and crinkly and gross. Oh, um, yuck. Yeah. And also because I didn't have a crew, I had to carry a lot of stuff on me. Like I had no one to hand stuff to. So I had, so then I carried my <laughs> super bulky snake gaiters for a long time and I wore them again for a bit on day three, I think it was, or day two, I can't remember now. And I just got so sick of wearing them and then trying to tie them back to my pack because my pack was so full. I just piffed them into the bush. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, <laughs> which was a very liberating thing to do. Um, I'll bet it was at that point in time. It, um, I know that a lot of through hikers, um, when you read anything that they've ever written, they'll, they'll get to this point where they just go, I just don't need this, 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 and they put it all in a box on the side of the road and say, please take, you know. Um, well, no, it's not that I threw it into the bush, but I was far from any checkpoint, and I – could not carry these things anymore. I was just, I couldn't no. do it. So hopefully someone else comes across them and can make use of them. <laughs> but, That's exactly right. And, yeah. In terms of self-care as well, just the sleeping side of it, you can't, there's no way you can do an event like that without a bit of sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And refueling and, yeah, just, yeah. And so fuel-wise, what did you end up um consuming like did, did you take or what did you take that you were going to consume and then what did you end up consuming at the aid stations or or grabbing from the aid stations to take with you to cover the next leg because how far are the aid stations apart they're they're almost a um a marathon at times aren't they well no the longest one i think was about 25 ish so, yep. so on average probably 15 about 15 kilometers like some were a bit less and some were a bit more like a, yeah like 15 17 kilometers um yeah which doesn't sound like much but then at the towards the end or not even towards the end towards the middle when you're starting to mainly hike um that can take a really long time <laughs> it can take yeah, a long well, time. three hours at least so um so i carried on me lots of muesli bars and like fruit pouches and i did have a few gels on me too but um, mainly muesli bars and I'd have them in my drop bags to top up my pack with and at the aid stations they just had so much great food they yeah um toasted sandwiches um soup um some kind of some had kappa rolls um uh burritos <laughs> just um yeah so much fantastic food and um pancakes so really yeah, sport for choice at a lot of them. The, the volunteers were fantastic and the food was great, yeah. Excellent. Uh, so your shoes, when you say they were too minimalist, uh, mm -hmm. what about them was too minimalist? Um, they just didn't have enough padding, um, enough cushioning. Um, and also yeah. I probably should have started off with, a pair of shoes that were half a size bigger than normal and then gone on later on in the race to change shoes into an even bigger size shoe just to 
allow for the swelling. My feet just swelled, not just my feet, my entire legs um, swelled right up over the course of the event. Um, and when your feet swell, there's less room in your shoe and toes rub on each other and, and all the sand, of course, that got into my shoes. It was just a recipe for disaster and every step um, was just excruciating. Yeah, it was very, very painful and I had to stop at each checkpoint, take off my shoes, drain my blisters, tape them up again, um, which takes a lot of time. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And so was there, yeah. there was uh, first aid officers to help you with that as such or volunteers? There was, yes, yeah, some volunteers helped me a couple of times, which was great. <laughs> and also there were a couple of roving um, medical officers and, and they were just fabulous as well whenever I saw them. They were, they were wonderful. I had a lot of help. Even though I was screwed, I didn't have a crew, I did have a whole lot of help along the way, especially when people found out I didn't have a crew. They just seemed to... Your, your audio just went. Oh, sorry. What did you miss? <laughs> what did um, you so, from screwed. Um, yeah, so even though I, I didn't was, have... I think you started talking about volunteers helping. Yeah, even though I didn't have a crew, the volunteers were great and um when they especially when they found out I didn't have a crew they just really helped me out a lot yeah yeah yep yeah I think that any volunteer that found out that you're trying to do that by yourself uh I know that if I was in that position would be holy dooly hang on a second what can I do so because mm. <laughs> that's that's yep. that's full on they're like hats off to you seriously you're a tough nutter <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's for sure. So I, I guess the question, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of want to wait to the end, but I also want to know. So I want to know, are you going to do another 200 miler, or <laughs> have you have you proven to yourself that you're stupid enough or crazy enough to do anything <laughs> you want, and therefore you no longer need that to prove that to yourself? Um, I wouldn't say no to another 200 miler. The thought of it does make me feel a little bit ill still at this point, but I just feel like I learned a lot from this one, and it would be good to put into practice um, what I did learn and do some things differently. Whether it's at this event, I mean, it, I suppose in a way it would be good to do this event again, just having experienced the course and knowing what I'm in for with the sand and the the heat, the double whammy of the heat from the sun and then the heat from the sand rising into your space um which i didn't anticipate which is a bit naive thinking back on that um yes i wouldn't yeah never say never (laughs) but i have no plans at this point in time i haven't entered any other (laughs) 200 milers or anything like that (laughs) okay so shoe wise i noticed that on uh the facebook page someone put in there that they'd actually had their shoes customized by a cobbler to Velcro <laughs> down their um, sand gaiters. Uh-huh, so yep. Would, would, shoe-wise, would you be going for like a half-size bigger shoe to start with next time or pack one to change into partway through, knowing that your feet are going to swell? I'd probably do both. I'd start with a half-size bigger and then have a bigger shoe again later on in the race to change into, yep. Yeah, and then at the start, yeah. would you just wear an extra pair of socks if that's what's required? 
like to bring your foot yeah. up to half a size at that point? Yeah, maybe. I'm not really sure. I mean, it w- I wouldn't make it so that I wouldn't have the shoe so big that my foot just keeps wrong, you know, moving around in it. Yeah. But I think an extra half size up would be okay. Yeah, I don't think I would have any issues or too many issues with my it being too big. Um, yeah. If it was just half a size up. Yeah. And then um, your other equipment failure. So obviously um, reapplying uh, whatever lubricant you use to prevent chafing. Um, that oh, you use um, pawpaw ointment, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, did that all that all work? You just had to do it much more regularly than you expected. Yeah, I, that did work, and I had very minimal chafing. The only spot I couldn't stop from chafing was. My left arm at my, you know, my T-shirt or the T-shirt armhole. So it didn't matter how much ointment I put there, it just kept chafing. So I put a buff <laughs> around my arm at the top and that just fixed it. <laughs> oh, there you and go. Smart move. Fantastic. <laughs> um, Excellent. But, yeah, chafing is normally an issue for me. I have skin that just chafes on everything. But, no, I was very diligent the pawpaw ointment and I'm um, happy to say no, no real issues with that. So, yay, that's one thing that went right. <laughs> Excellent. And then um, sunburn cream, I don't know if you have the same problem with as, as I do. Whenever I go to apply sunburn cream after I've been running for, I don't know, three or four hours, the sunburn cream just doesn't absorb anymore. It just kind of sits. Yeah. It yep. makes me sweat ten times as much. So mm-hmm. what did you do about sunburn cream because I mean you're out there for almost four days of actual daylight and three nights is that correct yes that's right so I tried to reapply as much as I could they had sunscreen at the checkpoints but a couple of times I I did forget I just totally forgot and I did get burnt I got quite burnt on my face and the back of my legs at one point and um yeah that that was not fun (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Did you wear sleeves mm-hmm. at all? You know, like sun sleeves? No, I didn't. <laughs> Not very sun smart. No, I didn't. Oh, wear no, sleeves. no. It just depends. Like, um, yeah. I, I, for me personally, with the, the medication I'm on, I get massive allergic reactions. I've still got one from last Saturday, which I went to the chemist yesterday and um, she was horrified when I said that. The, the rash that I have on my arms is a week old. She's like, holy dooly, you need to go see a doctor. And I went, no, 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 I just, I'll be seeing a doctor on Monday in hospital. It's all right. <laughs> I just need something to stop it now. So, yeah, yeah so I, I always wear the sleeves and stuff. Um, I look like a crazy guy out in the heat. No, a lot of people did have the longer sleeve. Um well, a fair few people did, and it's probably probably the wise thing to do. I'm usually pretty lucky in that I don't sunburn easily. I've kind of got olive skin. However, yeah, I did get quite burnt on one of the days on the backs of my legs and my face. Um, yeah, and when you're already hot, it's very hot. Um, there's not much – well, it's very exposed, a lot of the course, and you've got the sand blazing or the heat blazing off the sand into your face. Um, just that sunburn just made me feel even hotter and um, – yeah, but it's all gone now. So Yeah. <laughs> be, be a bit browner. A little bit browner, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and then your pack falling apart. 
So take us through that because that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I just left the Walpole sleep station and feeling pretty good after maybe a 15-minute nap and had a K down the road. Yeah, my pack broke. <laughs> just the um, cinching system at the side um, just frayed and snapped. And, um, yeah, so annoying that at least I could use my bus to hold it together until, yeah, later on the other side did the same thing and again having to use the bus. It just meant that the pack never sat very well. It just kept bouncing around a bit and I had to stop and readjust all the time and, um, yeah, just irritating more than anything. And, again, if I had a, a crew, maybe I could have asked, you know, had someone to try and sort out a different pack for me maybe, but maybe not either. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I persevered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you definitely yep. persevered. You made it to the end. So Yes. Improviser, that, um, that just became my mantra. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good mantra for that race, mm. the way yep. things went. Definitely. Yep. <laughs> and uh, blister care, what did you do for blister care? Because I've seen the blister porn. So um, for anyone who's listening now, if you go to uh, Delirious West Facebook page, and look at the blister porn. It's um, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's quite uh, entertaining, uh, having had blisters like some of those myself. But um, yeah, tell us about your feet and how you cared for your feet. Well, not very well, I guess. Um, I tried. <laughs> I just, you know, I use the the blister um, band aid that you can get. So I put them on. The spots I know I tend to get blisters on like at the start and then I covered my feet in pawpaw ointment and had my injinjis. Um But, yeah, I still really suffered with blisters, um, mainly from the sand getting into my shoes and my feet swelling up. Um, and so all I could really do after that was just keep <laughs> – just drain my blisters, tape, you know, tape my feet, um, apply put more ointment and um, just – Grip my teeth and bear it. <laughs> yeah. When you blame, uh, drained your blisters, did you glue them after that or did you just drain them and, and let them, left them alone? Well, usually I, I drain them before I have a, a little rest and so leave yep. my foot off and let them air out, my feet air out. And um, yeah, then I just depended on what I had. I had some gauze which I put on sometimes and then taped over that or a band aid. Just I got to a point I was running out of stuff. I was just using yeah. whatever I had for the aid kit. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, fix them all um, to take my feet. Yeah. Cool. And, and take us through uh, hallucinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, <laughs> it was very strange. I've never hallucinated before. Um I saw it happened at night time. It did happen a little bit during the day a couple of times, mainly at night time. I just saw faces in the sand everywhere and, and some looked like caricatures and some were like animal faces, but some looked very real and lifelike and um, a bit creepy. And I knew they weren't there, but I could see them. Like they were, <laughs> And I talked to them because so I wouldn't fall asleep. And um, I saw... 
little green frogs growing on trees, which I guess were just the leaves of the trees, but my brain just saw them as tiny green frogs. And, yeah, I just kept seeing cars and utes and caravans and garages in the bush next to me, even though there was nothing there. And I knew it was not there. I was just kind of looking at them with curiosity and and then sometimes they'd vanish and sometimes they wouldn't. And, and yeah, then it got to a point that first time when I was wildly hallucinating, I just could not keep my eyes open and I just had to have a sleep at the side of the trail, um, which I did. <laughs> and how long did you sleep? How long was the trail nap? I think about 45 minutes. So it was up in the cliffs. Um, it was very windy. I found a sheltered spot. This was a few k's before Lowlands Beach checkpoint. I can't quite remember how many k's in that was. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and I just, yeah, went to the side of the trail, lay down, left my headlamp on in case anyone came across me, but I don't think anyone did. Um, and, yeah, slept for about 45 minutes and woke with a start and the sun was coming up. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm freezing. Let's get going. I was just shivering uncontrollably. I was very cold. And, um, yeah, then kept going. But I did feel a lot better after that nap. That was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and did you spend much time with anyone else or did you spend, like, how much time did you actually have with other people? Yeah, not not much apart from at the checkpoints. So the first day before the field spread out too much, I did have a bit of chit-chat throughout the day with a few different people, which was really nice. But then beyond that, um, I spent almost no time with anyone on the trail, just very occasionally um, would I see someone else and have a chat. And a lot of the time they were in their own world and didn't really want to chat, which I – understood because at times I probably wouldn't have wanted to either if there were other people around me a lot but no that was really hard of my when I started to feel quite negative and and down there was just no one else around to pull me out so I just had to kind of ride that low and and wait and just yeah ride it out um which was really hard um I don't like feeling negative and I, I try not to but it just is inevitable I think um it just happens you just got to wait it out um at one point I just was going so slow I kept my brain wasn't working properly and I kept trying to do the maths working out <laughs> if I was going to make cut off <laughs> yeah and I convinced myself I wasn't and I was just devastated and crying and I'm like well I'm going to continue till they pull me off and after a sleep though I, I was thinking about it again I'm like well course I'm going to make the cut off unless something catastrophic happens but it's just when you're so tired and, and can't think properly it's yeah it's hard not to it's hard to remain positive positive. <laughs> yeah. and I, I think I'm a pretty positive person but then, no there, I definitely had some lows out there that's for sure um, also some highs though some, I don't want it to all sound like it was terrible but it wasn't like I did have a the scenery was fantastic and there were times I felt, you know, I might have been going slow and in pain, but I was still pretty happy with what I was doing. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> um, well, given the fact that you haven't ruled out going for a uh, another 200 mile, it says to me that you enjoyed it more than you didn't enjoy it, which means there must have been more highs than lows. 
Um, so I'm, I'll give you the, the credit there, uh, or the, you know, or may, or maybe you know, you need to spend a bit of time somewhere else. But um, yeah, we probably all do as ultra runners. Um, I've got a question. So I know that you have, um, you, you're not the fondest of heights. So how did you go in the trees? Oh, that was fine. That was fine. Uh, not a oh, okay. for me. Because, um, no, what bothers me is when I'm on like a cliff and there's a sheer drop next to me that I cannot cope with. I don't cope with very well at all. But, no, the treetop talk was great because I'm on a – I mean, there's rails to hold on to. And, but I didn't even feel the need to do that. I actually felt I was fine up there. And that was a really cool part of the run too, that treetop walk. It was just like a little bit of a break and um, after quite a tough section. Um, no, that was – I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, that was a great part of the run. Yeah, no, that, that treetop walk is um, – it's quite spectacular, the views from up there. And uh, yeah. you, sp- you spend your entire time actually up there. You're so high that you're looking actually down on the trees rather than yeah. um, in the middle of them. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, then um, what did you – did you spend any time in the big tree area? Like it's a little bit further along from there? Um, I think that's the went through there before we got to that treetop walk because we were travelling eastward. Um, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, I did. That was really cool as well. That yeah, spectacular um, trees. Yeah, magnificent. Yeah, there's something else. You yeah. could build a house inside those. You could really. Yep. <laughs> That's for sure. So uh, yeah. Um, I don't know what else to to ask. To be quite honest. So what what knowing what you know now what would be your advice really to someone who has done some 100 milers and now wants to step it up to to 200 milers uh mm. looking back on your training and your preparation what yeah. and knowing what you know what would you do differently or how would you advise someone differently now knowing what you know i would do a lot more hiking training because it gets to a point, I think, for pretty much everyone, you can't run anymore or you can, you know, run very little. Um, and hiking is super important. So I would – and I do a bit of hiking myself, but I would probably do more. And um, just more – and I do strength training too. I would strongly recommend anyone thinking of doing a 200-miler to do lots of strength training as well because you need a strong core to stay upright that whole time um strong legs strong back strong arms to hold your pack um and your poles as well poles were invaluable to me um they're the two main things hiking and strength training and just working on your mindset too I think you've got to really want to do it because there are times out there you're in so much pain and you've got so long to go I think you've just really got to want to and just visualize that end that really helped me, just picturing the end, knowing how great it will be to finish. Um, but you've got to have a reason why you want to do it too, not just for a medal. There has to be some intrinsic motivation for you to be out there for so long. Yeah, and just realise that things will go wrong and just be, you know, um, flexible with your strategy. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty important. <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, I think that's probably a great place to finish, unless you've got something else you want to add. Um, no, I just wanted to, I guess, thank all my friends and family for their support. Um, I've been part of the Brisbane Trail Runners group, and they all, a lot of them dot watched me along the way and were quite concerned when my GPS tracker wasn't working. Um, and just their support. This is really just so touching. I didn't read most of their messages until I finished, and I was just overwhelmed with their support. I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks to everyone for yeah supporting me and, and not doubting me and yeah mental to me. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. I totally uh, everyone out there who sends support to a runner, uh, especially once you're doing these long events, because there's plenty of time to do that. As we know, 91 hours out there. Um, yeah, those things mean so much. Um, that yeah. positive feedback. Uh, you you normally don't get it to the end because most of the time you're so remote you don't have connection. But um, or the, the dexterity to actually get into your phone. But uh, yeah. yes, I, I totally agree with you that that uh, that support that comes from the greater community is fantastic. Yeah, that's right. I got a lot of messages on the way, but I just couldn't respond to everyone. Most people I didn't really respond to just because um, I was so focused on the task at hand, but that's not to say I didn't, I really, yeah, I really appreciated the messages and they really did um, boost my spirits. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, so that's uh, Delirious West, Lauren yep. Shea way. So uh, <laughs> we, we look forward to uh, repeating this exercise next year when Lauren, um, <laughs> Repeats uh, the Delirious West or the Irrational no, no. Sour. Could be the, um, what's the one in the East being called? The 2021? Mm. Um, is it the Irresistible East? Something like that. I forget, actually. No, they're yeah, not I've on forgotten. my radar. <laughs> I've forgotten what the East course is going to be called. And then there's going to be a Northern course apparently in 2022. So, uh, yeah. That yep. I'll tell you what, that that would be crazy is trying to do two hundred miles in the north of Australia. Far out. I know, that would be super hot. Mm. Yeah, hot. Crocodiles, snakes. It'd be fun. Okay. But I'm not actually sure. I have a feeling the north one's not even gonna be in Australia. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. it's gonna be further north. I think so, yeah. Have a look at the Facebook page. <laughs> I haven't really kept up with all that. <laughs> No, yeah. no. I, once it got to the east, I um, I think I've connected to the east page, and that's it. But uh, yep. yes, they all they all look very um, daunting would be the word I would use. So yep. uh, congratulations! I look what you've achieved is monumental, <laughs> and um, it, there might be a, a plaque put down next to the horse in Boona, I reckon. The Lawrence, <laughs> the Lawrence Shea Park. Hey? Mm. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe it'll be. Have you seen this person? Oh yeah, I see her yeah. every day out running. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for do. anyone who doesn't know, there's a massive statue of a horse in Boona. <laughs> you can't. If you've missed, if you've missed that, you definitely had your eyes shut as you drove through the town. Right. We call it the Boonacorn. <laughs> what do you call it? The Boonacorn. The Boonacorn. It's a big Clyde. Yeah, it's it a is big a massive Clydesdale. Clydesdale. Yep. 
But yeah, I do pass a lot of locals on my daily runs, and if they haven't seen me for a couple of weeks, if I've mixed up my route, I get asked, hey, have, have you been okay? Have you been sick? <laughs> we haven't <Yeah>. seen you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. understandable, considering the amount of miles that you put in around that town. So, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you very much, listeners. That is Run, Walk, Crawl and Lauren Shea covering the delirious west so uh till next time enjoy oh lauren where can people follow you um i have a facebook page called trail and error and i've got an instagram account by the same name but i'm more active on the so everybody that was trail and error yep excellent all right well see you later